We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. All right, and we are live. We're on the air. Hello. Coming to you straight from podcast land. This is us. We need to come up with like some, we need to go back in time and and, and pick out some like Casey Kasem way of starting things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top 40 doulas right here. The top three, <laughs> top three doulas in the world are here right now with you. And we are going to hear all of the good stuff that we have to, to tell you all about. So let's it. count it down. So I started, I started looking at hypnobirthing and, and things like that, going back through my hypnobirthing stuff. And um, I kind of can't wait to use my like doula hypnobirthing voice. <laughs> it's you should so, just, so like nice. One whole day. Well, you know, when they have like, our, our, my kids and I used to do International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We would, and the, all day long, we would be like, you want some scrambled eggs? I, <laughs> I want some scrambled eggs. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, and uh, so you should have, you should have international talking to hypno birthing doula voice day, Ooh. just to warm you up for, for your upcoming thing session. Yeah. Now I hope nobody who's taking hypno birthing is listening to this because I'm not really certified in it anymore. <laughs> we're not taking. We're not making fun of it. We're not making. Hypno birthing is great. I do enjoy it. I actually, I mean, I pull a lot of it into my prenatal classes Mm -hmm. when I talk, especially when I talk about comfort measures and breathing and pain theory and things like that, because it works. Yeah. It applies. It's applies. There's hypno babies, there's hypno birthing, there's hypnosis for pregnancy. Like there's all different ones. And I know that when you were first doing it, Kim, you had I would say some concerns, but you felt like there were some gaps that really um, you'd like to add. So you've been doing this a long time. I imagine you could literally build your own program. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not a I'm certainly not a hypno I'm certainly not a hypnotist or a trained hypnosis person. Is that what they're called, hypnotists, or is that just reserved for people in carnivals? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. I think it's called a hypnotherapist. Oh, right. Yeah, of course it is. That was dumb. Um, I pulled that out of my ass. I don't know. I just made that up. It sounds really good. So let's go with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's funny. I had a client once who did hypno babies. So she like made me sort of learn a bit more about hypno babies and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not so sure I'm a big fan of this one. Um, it seemed way too rigid. I think the reason I like hypnobirthing is because it's really you that's doing it. It's really you that sort of um, creating that environment of relaxation and whatnot for yourself. Um, you and your partner work at this together. Whereas I found, and I don't know, I mean, this was 10 years ago. So, I mean, things may have changed, but at the time, with hypno babies, it was very like, 
you had to do all these things like in the right order at the right time and blah, blah, blah. And it just seems so. And we know that birth isn't like that. Like birth is very fluid and very, oh, I can do anything it wants. Mm -hmm. So this, that one felt really, really rigid. And, and babies too. Babies are like that too. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've don't, I don't know, have any clue about what hypnobirthing, hypnobabies, I mean, is all about. Is it parents trying to use that, that learning to keep their babies calm? No, no, no. It's, it's for labor. Oh. Yeah. It's oh. not, it's not to hypnotize your baby. I was like, what? So then what's the difference between hypnobirthing and hypnobabies? Should I know this is a doula? It's intensity. It's like, <laughs> that's the best it, way. I, I mean, it's two programs created differently. It's two programs to, for the same outcome created by two different people. Yeah. Oh, just more confusion. That's all. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like any, you know, there's Lamaze, there's the Bradley method, there's, you know. Yes. Us. They're both called hypno something. Yes. Hypno book something. So that makes it seem like, I thought there were like two components of the same thing. No, no, they're. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have any um, plans to become a hypnobirthing person. So I'm just, it's just interesting. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So shall I do a land acknowledgement? One. Oh, yikes. Feedback. All right, so let me open it up because if you think I have this memorized, you would be wrong, <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> so here's where I live, right here. I live in the northeastern part of Toronto, way up in the northeastern corner of this amazing city of ours. And uh, it's Scarborough and it's just on the, the borders that we've all made up. Um, on the border of the Scarborough Pickering town line. That's where I live really close to that. And I'm gonna read a land acknowledgement that speaks about the city of Toronto, which encompasses where I live and where Kim lives. And um, because these boundaries are made up could probably include where Stephanie lives too, because oh. yeah. Um, all right, so the city of Toronto acknowledges that we live and work, feed ourselves, raise our puppies, do all the things that we do on the traditional territory of many nations. Uh, those nations include the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and currently is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people, because people move across the country, right? They don't just stay in one place. They move and they live somewhere else, and then they move somewhere else, and that's just life. Um, this city also acknowledges that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, which was signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit and the Williams Treaties, which was signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. Um, let us remember that a land acknowledgement is a small and seemingly performative gesture uh, towards the, the bigger goal of reconciliation. It is small and it is a gesture and we do it because we are struggling to figure out how to fit in the larger acts of reconciliation. So in this way, we're acknowledging 
our part in colonization, our part in all of the struggles that Indigenous First Nations, Inuit and Métis people feel and are going through today. So that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. All right. Um, how are you? How are you guys doing? Like I talk to you every day, but I was thinking to myself, I was gonna ask you all, what's one thing you're struggling with? You don't have to go into deep, deep, deep detail. And it could be a small thing. It doesn't have to be, oh my God, my mental health is collapsing under me. Nope, it could be something small. Like I can't stand my feet because I haven't had a pedicure for <laughs> like that kind of thing. You're not talking about feet. Not after what I did yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, so your your big struggle is dealing with elderlies, but what's a small yeah. struggle? Um, my struggle, uh, what I'm struggling with right now, my elderlies, I'm not struggling with them. That's my life, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> my struggle right now is, is actually getting down and doing shit. I have so much that I want to do. I have so much in my head that I want to get out that I think will be awesome and fabulous, but I'm really struggling at actually not necessarily starting it, but mm -hmm. completing it. Mm. I, I feel like I've got adult onset ADHD. I feel like the pandemic has sort of sent me into needs of do stuff and then sit on your ass and, and let your brain melt and then do stuff. And then, but as a result, <clears throat> there's no follow through, like there's no end. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I've started so much and yes. none of it. Do you want, you know what, we should share all of our million dollar, here's this million dollar idea that I started putting together and now I have zero motivation to even go near it. Yeah, I hear that. I yep. hear that loud and clear. Yeah, I feel like I've developed some sort of blockage or something. It's because... like I get to a certain point and it stops. Yes, yes. That exact thing is, is happening to me. Yep, exactly. What about you, Steph? Yeah, my mine is along the same lines in that because I, it, it's like being a doula. Um, I am. I was trying to figure out what roles look like in in my house and how we we have we wear so many hats, but it is the HR factor, the human resources director that I am of the house, that stops me from moving past writing down what the ideas are that I have because I know that they require a lot of emotional energy and investment to move forward with them. Um, but at 24 seven, I'm, I'm the emotional go-to in this house. I'm, I'm the HR, the human resources. Roger's like the accountant over there. I like make sure the, the bills are in and lined up and he's the one who makes sure they get paid right now and that the money is in, I make sure the money's in the account, but he's like actually laying it down and sorting it. But I am the HR. And I feel like HR's door is always open. So that is, it's like that stumbling block. I can go, but I don't know about you guys, nothing feels worse, or maybe there's a lot of things that feel worse, but starting something only to have my kid walk in or someone walk in or someone call that requires my energy. And then it's just sitting there like a mess staring me in the face. 
one more then, thing I'm reminded is not done. Yeah. yeah. And then whatever, you know, awesome brain thing you had going in that gets interrupted and then it's like, oh, what was I doing? Yeah, I lose the or the clarity of what I had. You, yeah, well. the momentum. So, my husband yeah. said uh, nothing heavier. It doesn't have to be anything heavy, but that's really it. And I don't. I'm happy that I can be the HR for my for my family and take the emotional pulse of the house and stuff. But the fact is, is I can't be a hundred percent HR and be a hundred percent in my business. And so everything is kind of half-assed right now, which is not how I'd like to run my life um yeah I I have always been a person that struggled with finishing things okay so I don't want to give the impression that this is this is totally new this has always been a struggle for me uh finish I'm a great starter fantastic out of the gate oh my god uh but I suck at finishing this is a different level of that though because because I have so many things going on in my work life, like other little, all these different pieces. Oh, I got to do this today for this person and this and this and that. And so I'll say, okay, I got, I got two hours where I can work on this idea that I have, this project that I want to put out there and I'll like dive in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then another day, like yesterday, I had planned that I was going to literally lie in bed with my computer and bang out a whole bunch of work on this thing that I'm planning whatever now it seems that when I have so much time on my hands I don't and I, I mean last year at this time nobody was doing anything I was crocheting the biggest giant most huge crocheted quilt in the world and and I was just like going for walks crocheting my quilt listening to podcasts me and my daughter were having power hour and organizing closets and stuff like that and now that work has come back in a different way um <clears throat> I'm doing work but those things that I want to really apply myself to mm, I'm struggling with that I'm struggling with being creative that's what it is the creativity flares up and then it's gone and I don't know when it's going to come back maybe in two weeks I'll have an hour of ideas ideas get it going get it going and then nothing and you, you know consistency has always been a struggle for me too sticking like if I say I'm, oh I want to get this thing done in four weeks well that means I have to work on it for two hours every day I can't do that I can't I just and, and I do like I write it down like I in my thing I'm like okay on in this afternoon and I don't put times per se because let's be honest that's not going to work for me but like a bit in the afternoon I'm going to do one hour like I bought this course that I was that I was trying to do and I got halfway through it and it's like okay well each day I'm going to do an hour blah 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 great no problem it's written down and then what happened like on Sunday my uncle falls and now I've got to deal with the ramifications of that so it's going to be like Okay, well, my Monday now is spent, you know, not doing the things that I want to do. My Monday now is spent making sure that he's not, doesn't have a broken hip and, you know, doing all these other things to make sure that he has the support workers and whatnot coming in. And it's like, and clipping his fucking toenails. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yep. every, the best, so my dad, there's like the, the, that quote, you know, the best 
the best laid plans. And it's yeah. like you, as soon as I make those plans, total explosion. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I had some big fucking plans for 2020. I had some big plans. I made a, I made a vision board and everything. And then look yeah. what happened. So this year it's like, yeah, no, I kind of want to do this and I kind of want to do that. And if it doesn't happen, what am I going to do? Because I can't, if, if I spend my whole time going, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. We'll get there. But yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because you were just talking about writing things down and putting time on everything. That's the only way I can get things done. Because Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need to start putting like actual yeah. times down on thing. I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I do that, yeah. there'll be a call at like nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, I need that. And it's like, oh, fuck, just shoot me yeah. now. And then that's your whole day derailed. That does sometimes happen. And I always have that in the back of my head that anything I have part of the, one of the things that I do kind of requires me to be on call for the midwife that I work with. And if she, at any time that she calls me, she goes, you know what, could you just pull up these numbers for me or blah, 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 look something up. I need to stop and do that because that's part of what she pays me for is to be ready on the spur of the moment. So that happens to me sometimes, like I'm driving home and I know that, okay, I'm going to get home at two o'clock and I'm going to work on this and this. And then on my way home, she calls and says, Hey, do you know what this thing came up and I need you to do I need to pay attention to that and do that because that's, that's my job. That's a part of what I do. So yeah, that stuff does happen, but most of the time I need to have things written down, like a list of things that I need to do and then literally time it out because I will write down a list of things that I need to do. And once I time it out, I realize like you were an idiot. How do you, how the hell did you think you were going to get all that? It, it makes it makes me face reality a little bit more because there are only so many hours in a day. And once you block off things that are definite, like appointments with clients or whatever, you got to eat at some point in this day. And then the day has to end at some point. So no, you cannot have, I'd be like, Oh, today, today it's Monday. So I should do this and this. And, and you make a list of like 20 things. There aren't enough hours. They're just are not even no matter how focused I am and you've got to build in time to not be focused at all time yes. <laughs> to doom scroll Twitter <laughs> write that in there between 315 and 345 I'm going to do scroll quit Twitter so be realistic that's my I that's the lesson that I'm learning be realistic about my energy the things my obligations that are outside of them so it's not my days are not just made up of stuff that I want to do no when you have other people outside of you who depend on you um I miss those days when it was just you and you could just like say look at this look at this from 9 a.m 9 a.m to four o'clock it's just a blank page and it's up to me to fill it yeah 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 so one of those what we're all good at doing 100 percent is being available to other people oh yeah. yeah that there's one thing that we begin middle and end being available and following through for other people yep and i don't resent it i know sometimes it sounds like i do <laughs> i don't resent it 
but I do sometimes. It, I it, do sometimes. I, I think resent for me is is too big of a word. I mean, I get frustrated sometimes, yeah. um, but I certainly don't. I certainly don't resent having the ability to look after the people that I look after and and be there for them, um, mm -hmm. because that's that's a gift, right? It's a gift to be able to look after your children and your mother and my uncle who has nobody yeah. like that. That's yeah. a gift, but sometimes I'd like this gift to just go sit in the corner over there and do fuck all for me, please. So I can just get yeah. some fucking shit done. Yeah. So I can yeah. vacuum my rug. I'm really good at prioritizing too. So one thing that I learned from La Leche League is this whole thing about people before things. So I have in my head, it's people, pets, plants, things. <laughs> so all the things that are alive and then the other things that are not alive. So I will um, make sure that if there's a plant of my, like I had a plant that needed, like they had some pests on it. So I was doing this treatment on it. And I made sure that I did that early this morning because people, pets, plants, then all the other shit in my life. And then, and then I still do it again, like with work stuff. So you guys, I knew I had to be here for you guys at 1030. That's, this is why my projects get past, like get left behind because I've got podcasting with you. And then I have a meeting with a uh, prenatal meeting with the client. I can't push that off to go work on my project. I have a consult. I can't push that off to go work on my projects. So, but now we're looking at like, by now it's like four o'clock. So what, how much more time? And now I have to make dinner and feed myself and take the dog for a walk so then all the other family stuff so it's 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 hard fitting it in but I'm trying to um soothe myself by by saying that by telling myself that I'm trying my best to fit in all the things that are important yeah and yes my projects are important <sighs> not more important than my kids or whatever and maybe i need to to block off saturday at two o'clock and five o'clock like why can't we tell none of us have babies none of us have babies why can't we say to our grown-ass children between two o'clock and five o'clock i'm working on something and nobody's allowed to knock on my door why can't we do that like i could i could easily do that in my house i just never do I wish I had the ability to shut myself away. Like you guys, you guys have your own little spaces to work. I don't have that. What about your bedroom? Your bedroom is yours. Allie still sleep with you? No, no, no. She has her, I, I have my own bedroom, but there's no, like, I can't sit down and do computer work in my bed and things like that. Cause it's, it's a bed, oh, like, yeah. unless, unless it was a craftmatic adjustable, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Um, and I certainly have no space for a chair and table or anything like that. Like there's, there's the room mm -hmm. is the size of a minute. Yeah. Um, well, that, that is an issue carving out space, not only in your calendar, but carving out space in your house yeah. for, for you to work undisturbed and uninterrupted in a way that doesn't give the message that 
oh yeah, I'm, I'm HR. My door's always open. Come yeah. on in. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. No, no, no. There's got to be a time. If you have teenagers and, and young adult children, there's got to be a time when they can manage on their own for these three fucking hours. Really? Exactly. No. Set you up. You know, you fed the baby, you change the diaper, you put them down. I'm just going to go take a shower. 10 <laughs> minutes is all I'm asking you. Um, what we're saying we is, suck. you know, with babies, you get 10 minutes. And then with a grown ass adult children, you get no minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you think that this shit ends in 15 years or so, you're wrong. Who told you that? Well, I didn't tell you that. We're here to confirm that you're always on call. It's worse. <laughs> Morning, noon, night, whatever. Look, don't encourage night. them to talk. Don't encourage them to walk. Just yeah. encourage them to sit like lumps in a corner. That's yeah. Well, like parents are like, oh, the baby takes their first steps, and they're like, yay! And I'm like, mm-hmm, it oh, starts, yeah. and now it starts. <laughs> now you're fucked. <laughs> Oh boy. I mean, if people listen to us, they would never have children. They're delightful. They really are. They're lovely humans. Go ahead. Tanisha, we know you're listening. Make sure you have some babies. Don't do not take this as a, as some sort of birth control. No, no, no. (laughs) The world needs more of you, you know, at least half your DNA. So, you know, please don't, don't not do that. Help us. We're just kidding. Yuck, yuck, yuck. (laughs) We're just just joking it's great it's great gotcha (laughs) yeah so speaking of tanisha who is you guys should all know her by now because we talk about her enough and we've talked about her um podcast that she does the doula experience that are stephanie was on i think was it the last episode she did you were on stuff yes yes it was i think a week has passed yet that was good. It was a good, very informative interview. I got to tell you, I thought I knew a lot about VBAC, but you, you shut me the fuck up because <laughs> I'm like, you shut, shut your mouth. Let me tell you some more stuff about VBAC. Um, so it was a, it was very good. It was a very good informative interview. Well, thank you. I tell you, she's an amazing interviewer. Oh my God, she uh, is. She just flows. Mm-hmm. She does. She really does. Um, she probably actually prepares ahead of time as opposed to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. That may be one of her secrets. Might be it. Um, yeah, so I thought that was great. And Tanisha has mentioned a couple of times, she hasn't told me, so I can't, I can't blab. She's told me about starting another business. And I'm like, wow. And she started a doula podcast, which is what we all know her to be. But this is kind of segueing into our topic for today about starting a podcast. Um, maybe we could talk about why we did it, give a little history. It's been long enough that people can deal with a reminder of why we started and how we started. And if you were going to do another podcast, what kind of podcast would you do? Like, what, what would you talk about if you were to have another podcast? Somebody was going to set it all up for you. I said, here, you do, you, all you got to do is show up and talk about whatever your stuff is, right? What would you do? What would you do, Steph? What would you have a podcast about? It doesn't have to be about birth, by the way. Um, no, it probably <laughs> would be about birth and it probably would, would be around um, traversing birthing after cesarean. It probably would be centered on 
on all the things, everything from, you know, deciding if you want to birth at all after cesarean, right up through all of the emotional things and healing you might need to do before you make a decision and up through your, you know, your rights as a patient, your rights to support and to not be shut up. Um, and, you know, to recognize when your doctor is truly being supportive and many, maybe when you need to reach out and look somewhere else. Because I think I was telling you guys that just yesterday um, uh, in a group that I'm in, a person who is 37 weeks pregnant was being told by her physician that she is still only one centimeter dilated. She's been having vaginal exams since 35 weeks. And the reason is that her baby is so big um, that the shoulders are getting hung up and that's why the baby is not descending to open her cervix. So that if by the following week, 38 weeks, there's not any change, they're going to book her cesarean for 39 weeks. That is yeah. so much bullshit noise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doesn't that just make sense? She got the nice hand pat that not everybody's body knows how to birth a baby. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. The, the condescension, the, the paternalism, um, as opposed to the equal discussions. It's like, and it's just, for me, I mean, besides it being gross, it's like, there's literally no science to what that person just said. But we are so vulnerable to being told that basically we're broken. Yep. And that we need someone to save us from our brokenness. We're conditioned to believe that we're broken. Yeah. We'd yes. be a weight be it around childbirth, be it around whether we should have ambitions, um, that we aren't enough to actually do all the things. Yeah. And uh, I see this repeatedly in my um, VBAC groups. We have a very, um, we have a large group of, of people who have had previous cesarean who were bullied into it because they were told they were too fat um, and their BMI made it too risky for them to try a, birth, a vaginal birth. When in actual fact, someone with a higher BMI actually has a higher chance of dying in surgery um, or being admitted to the NICU in surgery um, or being readmitted because of infection. Uh, those things are true. So in actual fact, what we should be pushing for is the safest possible, most gentle birth for somebody um, regardless. But it is amazing to see how uh, fat phobia um, is used as well against uh, persons who are, are just trying to birth a baby, just trying to bring a baby safely into this world. It's a big part of VBAC stuff. Yeah, so that makes total sense because you are the go-to person for all of that. And I just did a quick check on my podcast app to see if there are any such things. There's a many, several general OBGYN um, um, podcasts. There's one called Surgery 101. Like this is what came up when I put in cesarean section. And then there's birth, baby, and life, all about pregnancy and birth. And then there's one called Cesarean Section Strong, the C-Section Strong podcast with Lena Danko and, um, a, you know, some natural ones, evidence-based birth, of course, birth, baby, and beyond. And there's one called Sawbones. Do you want, do you want that? Sounds that? Horrible. Yeah, that, that reminds me of that scene in that book we read. Yep. And it's this, the, the subtitle, it says Sawbones, the um, marital, M-A-R-I-T-A-L, that's marital, right? Yeah. But it does a marital tour of misguided medicine. What? That's Maybe it's unusual. a husband and wife or a couple that does it. 
Possibly. Maybe because the 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 art, the cover art has, you know, they have the snakes twining around the thing, like the symbol of yeah. uh, medicine. Um, is there only one snake or are there two snakes on the original? I think there's two. Two snakes on here, but they're kind of looking at each other in a, in a funny way. So maybe it is two, a husband and a wife team. So it only seems to me there's only one podcast that deals specifically with cesarean section. Well, on this app anyways. So I think you should go for it, Stephanie. Well, maybe I will. I'll add that to the list of things I start and maybe finish. <laughs> Here's another project for you to just bounce around. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I was telling Tanisha too that although I, people kind of, when, when people call me, they're like, you're the VBAC doula, right? And that's just kind of like how um, I picked up saying, I might as well just write that down. I'm the VBAC doula. Mm-hmm. But it, it, yeah, that's a little sticky for me because I'm not necessarily the VBAC doula. I'm the helping you birth after you've had a previous cesarean doula. And often, right. whatever that looks like. But I, I fucking love a family who says, I understand where my trauma came from from my first birth. And although it might have been because of how other people impacted my birth, mm-hmm. for me, moving forward with a respectful cesarean section is as important. And I've helped families who have um, wanted to have a planned cesarean, but their care provider told them that what happens during it isn't up to them. And that's just more trauma. So literally we have um, called around and made, you know, had discussions with other care providers who have agreed to take them on, have the planned cesarean after a consultation and do it in a way that didn't feel traumatic and that it was important to that care provider that it not be traumatic for the person. So. Um, I am as apt to do that for a family as I am to um, help you navigate the information around planning of, of vaginal birth after cesarean. So it's, yeah, trying to make a definition right now. That is awesome. I think you should do it. Um, can you think of one, Kim? Or shall I go next? I mean, you already do one. Yeah, sorry, I'm just taking notes here. Um <laughs> My, my brain is like, again, my brain is like going 8,000 miles an hour. Um, so yes, so I, I do already have one because I, I wanted to, I wanted to create something that birthing parents could go to and get information about birth and parenting and whatnot, because well, yes, we do talk about birth and, you know, our lives and whatnot as parents and things like that. I wanted it to be, it's really more geared toward doulas. Um, but I did want to create something that's specifically for parents. It is wildly unsuccessful. Um, but, <laughs> um, but wildly so. Wildly unsuccessful. So, um but I don't like I have I know one person who listens to it and I was I was pretty much ready to throw in the towel a couple of weeks ago because I was just it was bad like that was the week my um my vaccine appointment got canceled and just bad shit was happening everywhere and I'm like what the fuck am I doing this for like who even cares and then she emailed me and I said that on the podcast and she emailed me and said my god please don't stop and, wow. I was like, and I was like, okay, you know what? If one person is listening, then I'm going to keep going. Yeah, now, yeah. I've changed the format a little bit slightly. It's not necessarily as scripted as it was before. 
-hmm. so it's not as NPR as it was before, um, but it, so I'm a little more open, slightly ranty, uh, things like that. And I seem to have lost a few, <laughs> few listeners. Um, so I, like I'm, that. I'm not necessarily at 10 listeners anymore. I, I'm about down to five or six, but I, and I'm, I don't even know if those people are listening to it, but whatever, I don't care. Um, however, I have wanted to do, um, I've always wanted to do this, um, a podcast for um, like TV review and, uh, and movie review. I've always wanted to do that. I'm like a total TV fiend. Um, and I love movies and things like that. So I've always wanted to do that. That's, that's, I'm, so, it's not so off the table, like, but. Um, one, one, like a TV review podcast that reviews all kinds of different yes. TV shows or yeah, yeah. one specific. Yeah, there no, are, not... are several ones that do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's ones that sort of look at, you know, a specific TV show um, and yeah. sort of do that, that I don't know, like, I mean, how often can you, you know, review the same damn show? Isn't it the exact same thing all the time? No, they um, go through episode by episode, like the one that they do on the Exactly Right Network. Oh, right. Yeah. For Law and Order. They do one. For, for yes. I mean, that's a show that has like hundreds and hundreds oh. of episodes. Oh, so exactly. You'll never, you'll never run out of episodes. And they actually have people come on there. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's just like the person who played the dead body, but. <laughs> right. But it's somebody. It's somebody. I used to listen to, I used to love the Gilmore Girls so yeah. much. And there are several podcasts that pick apart all the episodes of the Gilmore Girls. And I loved that for a long time. There's millions that do Star Trek. Oh, I for sure. A, a weird Star Trek person. Yeah. My mug here, yeah. tea Earl Grey hot. Um, so yeah, that's a, that would be good. Yeah, so- so I, I would probably choose different shows um, yeah. and whatnot, but yeah. Um, yeah. And there's something else I have, but we're not talking, we're talking about podcasts. So there is something else, but we're just talking about podcasts. So yeah, I, I would do that. Mm -hmm. I, I would think about that. Mm -hmm. You didn't mention what your other podcast that you actually do is about. Oh, uh, so it is about birthing and parenting. It's called Birth and Parenty Things. Um, and the first few episodes are really are fairly structured in um, sort of the first section is birth, the second session is parent, section is parenting. And then I had been doing sort of weird and wonderful things at the end. I I don't do that every single time unless I come up, unless I find something or stumble across something that's weird and wonderful. Um, I recently did an episode where I talked about my postpartum depression journey um, with my daughter. And that one was hard to do, um, but I did it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I went in as deep as I probably could have. I'm sure there's more I could do. Um, and I haven't really told any of my birth stories. So I still have that um, mm -hmm. sort of aspect of it as well. And I find it's funny. I find the parenting thing a little more difficult than, than I thought it would be. Oh, um, I don't know. Like, 
I mean, I think I'm a good parent. I think my kids think I'm an okay parent. Um, and I mean, I've got several, I've got three fairly amazing humans. So I, I know that, you know, despite all my best efforts at probably ruining them, they're actually pretty good people. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I find that part hard. I think because I'm so used to talking about birth, um, <laughs> talking about once they're out is a little harder. Yeah. So. Huh. How about you, Miss Suze? Yeah. What do you got? I have a million. Of course. <laughs> of course, I have a million. And none of them have to do with birth. Not one single one has to do with birth. Because this is it. This is my birth podcast. This is, this is it right here. Um, actually, I, I will say that one of the things that the OBDS, the Ontario Black Dualist Society, that I'm a member of, when we were in the very beginning when we sat and sort of talked about our goals and the things that we wanted to do that was one of the things that I said it would be amazing if we did a podcast that talked about um black birth in Ontario and Canada in the world whatever so so yeah that's that's still something but that's not just me that would that would require collaboration with other people I I don't know if you know this but lord I love a book club I love a book club. I would be a member of so many book clubs. I'm looking for people who want to do like a kid lit book club with me because I love children's books so much. And I want to just talk about them with other people. So I would do. You know what you need? I had somebody um, ask me in class about kids books and, and what to read kids. So you should come on my podcast and we'll talk about that. Because yes, I'm like, I don't know, like I read my, um, like Dr. Seuss and whatnot, and you know, he's a little problematic right now. Um, <laughs> Listen, so, everybody's good in 20 years, everybody's going to be, every 20 years, you find out who's prob- who was problematic 20 years ago. So exactly. What are you going to do? Well, yeah. exactly. So yeah, you, you Bill come Cosby. on and talk about that. I have a Bill Cosby book that's all about bullying. <laughs> Right, by Wait, throw, it, throw it away. Your three-year-old doesn't know anything about Bill Cosby, so just don't, don't mention anything else. Just we, and we I, have, we have little Bill books downstairs. Remember little Bill on? Yes, yes. We have some of those downstairs. And yeah. I'm, I'm one of those parents who, when I was reading, when I would read books to my kids, I may, always would make a big deal about the author, so my kids know the authors like they know the name like Eric Carl. Eric Carl, Eric Carl did the very hungry caterpillar. And we, so I used to do that because I was a homeschooler. So we had to do that kind of stuff, right? Um, so yeah, we, we would have to get into the lives. Of, that's why I was so devastated when Beverly Cleary died a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I was yes. so sad. Um, but yeah, a book club, a kidlet book club. I would love to do a podcast. I just thought of this for kids about books. Maybe, ah, yes. maybe, maybe like, I wish my grandkids were more into reading because there are some amazing YA novels out now that I would love sitting with my 14 year old grandson and just like digging into some of these novels that are out now. So I would love to do, to do that. And when my kids were little before podcasts were a thing, I used to buy books on CD or tape or whatever format, whatever decade it was. 
uh, I would buy that. And we would listen to those, to those um, books or we would listen to series. You could buy them. I remember one called Horrible Histories. Those were amazing. And I could see that in a podcast format where they, they chose like a, a time in history and talked about all the gross things about that time in history. Oh my God, my kids love that. Of course, can you imagine? Seven-year-old boys love to hear about how nobody bathed in the Middle Ages and how everybody stunk and all of that. And people threw pee out the window and stuff. So that was an amazing series. So something like that for kids, I would love to do. Um, I just want to jump in here with something that's gross from 1985 or it was gross. And this, because as soon as you said gross, what stood out to me was an amazing health class I had led by our teacher, a male teacher in when I was in the seventh grade, 1985. Um, it was the first time and everyone or all the, all the women I knew were watching for this commercial. It was 1985, Courtney Cox was in a commercial for Tampax. And it was the very first time they said the word period on TV. TV. Yes. They had said before, you know, your time of the month or your women's time. time. Yeah. Time. Yeah. But we went to school and my male teacher brought it up because he had heard, you know, a lot of the girls talking about how they had actually said period and how gross the boys thought it was was and the girls thought it was hilarious that um like like we had a riotous time saying you know I sat in that chair when I had my period and now you're sitting there and stuff like this like it became this whole big thing but it was all because someone finally chose to say period on tv have you you know I don't know I mean you guys don't watch a lot a super amount of tv like cable commercial um, tv TV. yeah Mm -hmm. um but I mean, forever, they would put blue dye, blue water on the pads to show the absorbency. Yeah. Now they show red. Whoa. Okay. That's, that's different. That's huge. That's huge. And it never occurred to me. Why is it blue? Oh, they're just showing fluid. Why can't they, why they deliberately had to make it blue. They did. Why would they not make it red? But no, oh they deliberately God. had to make it blue so that it could air on TV and not mm-hmm. gross anybody out or make anybody yeah. feel uncomfortable. Well, now yeah. it's red. Wow. That's And big. it's not thin either. Like it's they're not. Like, yeah. They're not watering that shit on It's there. not necessarily. It, that water's got some viscosity to it. I'm like, oh, God. Damn. I want to see one of those commercials. Yeah. I can't remember who. I don't know if it's. Kotex are always it's for a pad so um yeah I can't remember who it's actually by but mm. yeah when I saw it for the first time I was like oh wait a minute what the hell wow that that's that is that's advancement really that really is um and speaking of periods and this is another sidebar I saw was it on your Instagram Stephanie or was it just a an account that was underneath yours as I was scrolling. That? They're making a movie of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret? Yes. 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 Right now. I, read, I saw that and I was like, how has there never been a movie about this before? How have they, how, how have they never made this movie already? Every single person I know practically has read that book. Yeah. Many times. I still have my copy from when I was 12. Wow. It's I read that book in 
secret under the, like in secret. Cause I thought my mom, my mom would be mad at me because it talked about periods and boys and, and mm. stuff like bra and all that. And that she'd be able to glean what the, what the, what the subject matter was just by looking at the cover of the book, even though are you there? God, it's me. Margaret is not a, it's, that doesn't tell you. It sounds like a girl who prays a lot. It she, does. She probably would have been pleased that I was reading about a girl who <laughs> prays a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, but I was overcome with guilt and shame for reading this book. And I was probably, I was way too young, not way too young, but I certainly didn't have my period yet. When I read that book, I was, I was pretty young. I was maybe, maybe nine, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe even eight. So my mom just, just happy. I was reading. My mom used to tell me to stop reading so much that I was going to burn my eyeballs out of my sockets by staring at words on a page too oh long. my god no if i asked for a book my mother would have danced a She'd jig why yeah, yeah she would have been, i don't care what it's about you want to read you can read i grew oh. up in a house that was like so crazy for reading my brother didn't read quite so much and i didn't read a whole lot when i was younger but i certainly do now yeah my dad and my stepdad were readers my mom is not a reader she's still not a reader um, like I've tried to get her books on things that interest her and stuff and she will not sit still to read a book but uh, Carrie and I yeah we would literally go over we had a the the bookmobile near me yeah the bookmobile and we just go over on Friday and fucking like load up and yes. uh, that's where I first got when I was I think 10 or 11 my the first time I picked up flowers in the attic and <laughs> reading it to my sister I'm like that's a fuck <laughs> that was the I know people love that book, but it's just weird. It is. The whole series is weird. So weird. And I just told this story to a book club Facebook group that I belong to on Facebook, where somebody asked you what was the first novel you ever read. And that memory is seared into my mind because I had just come from Jamaica. I was seven and I think I've told you guys that the library in my school was a beautiful, beautiful place. It was quiet and, and the car, and there was carpeting and cushions and stuff. And my um, uh, school, my school librarian, Mr. Paul Sullivan saw me looking at the shelves, just marveling at all the books. And he put in my hands, Charlotte's web. And oh, yeah. this, is, this is like within a few months of, I was seven. And so it was a few, just within a few months of me arriving here because we lived in, a, in an apartment, just me and my mom, my dad hadn't come yet. And I read Charlotte's Web with, oh my God, my whole heart, that story um, means so much to me. And I remember sitting on my bed cause it was a one bedroom apartment. My mom had, my dad was coming. So my mom had, I had my bed in the living room and I was, I was sitting on my bed in the living room by myself. I don't know, uh, it's 1974. So seven-year-olds were allowed to be alone for a little bit. I was waiting for my aunt to pick me up. And I was at the end of the book and Charlotte died. And I remember throwing the book across the room. Oh no. And bawling and bawling all by myself in the apartment and then being horrified that I threw a book a library book and quickly got up and picked it up to make sure that I hadn't broken it and finished reading and as soon as I turned the last page 
I immediately flipped it over and started reading it again and then oh read my goodness. again because that story meant so and I made sure that it was one of the very first books that my that I read to my kids they didn't even know how to read yet and I read them that book so anyways sidebar that's amazing, that's sidebar amazing. Book memory so yeah a book club oh my god would I love to have a book club where we talked about Charlotte's Web I feel like oh no I gotta read it again for the 15th time oh wow um my sister and I often like every once in a while every couple few months or so we talk about doing a sister podcast just I don't know sister to sister you and Carrie should do one Steph just about our relationship what it's like being nine years apart how did we what was what were things like I used to listen to a sister podcast called the satellite sisters there was like four of them so it was very interactive yeah and um so yeah, that, I, I would do a podcast with my sister and I, I've, uh, since I've gotten Ziggy, I've thought about doing a podcast called Puppy Love, which would be all about having a new puppy in your life and what that's all about. And yeah, those are my, those are my podcast ideas. And cool. uh, I don't think I could make any money out of any of them. <laughs> I'd make it, I'd make 10 times more money than I'm making from this one. <laughs> it's, kind of like, Zero. it's kind of like running your having your memoirs like it's a memoirs in podcast form all these things that impacted your life as you grew up and stuff mm-hmm. yeah i guess so or just the things that i have a lot to say about yeah 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 so what would you do a podcast for that's something everybody wants to do a podcast go ahead and do it it's a, i find it cathartic yeah just do it I mean, they're, they're not hard. I mean, fuck, we do it. Can't be that hard. <laughs> I don't know. Be fair. I don't do anything. I show up at 1030 and talk. Kim does the, we're uploading or downloading or whatever. Uploading. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And you download know. it onto my computer, upload it into the anchor, move it on over to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, which already sounds complicated. So whatever. <laughs> Not that complicated. It's complicated. Kim, you were asking for book ideas the other day. And uh, oh, who was it? Someone mentioned that you should get the seven husbands. And I'm sitting there thinking, the fuck? Who would have seven husbands? Like, and it just made me, I, I'm like, I couldn't even pick up that that book. I'm already mad just thinking about having seven husbands. Oh, well, I, re- well I, re- I remember that post. You asked specifically for something lighthearted and, yes. and funny or whatever. And, and what did I get? None of that. Yeah, and somebody gives you like this big serious tome of a book. I know. I'm like, yeah. no, no. Like, as soon I as need. I read them, I'm like, that's not what she asked for. No. Well, that, it's exactly like I, I, I have enough books. I've bought a couple books recently, but they're so heavy. They're it's not that they're heavy per se. It's just the topic is not lighthearted. Like I we're look, we're a, more than a year into a fucking pandemic where I only leave the house to do grocery shopping and look after elderly people. I need something that's going to make me happy and laugh and chuckle and blah, blah, blah. And I can't keep reading the same goddamn books I'm reading. I, I've, I've, I've gone through, I've, I've reread a whole bunch of shit. I need something new. 
Did I, didn't I already tell you about the wives of Bath? I've told you about them. Yeah, but I can't get it. Oh, oh, is it too old? And it's just sort of like not. It's really not good. available anywhere. God damn it. I know. So anyways. Do you want matter. a ghosty story? Because I just finished reading a ghosty story. Uh, I don't know. I, I have I just ordered I ordered a book and I ordered a new uh book to learn from because mm -hmm. I'm trying to trying to increase my knowledge of stuff um, well, here's one the one that all a lot of new parents are reading what's her name Rebecca some or Emily I don't know expecting oh, expecting crap. better yeah yeah I have that one you have it yeah okay yeah I'm gonna read well, that. I'm, That's, I'm gonna read that next it's on my list to read yeah, it's on my list also. Because it's written by an economist, because how can that be? <laughs> Let's see the perspective that she has. So I had yeah. I had somebody take my class and they hired me um, for virtual support. And mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, this book is really good and blah, blah, blah. And every now and then they would say, and I love this, this kind of, I kind of want to go, well, duh. Um, they go, yeah, that's exactly what was in this book. Well, yeah, because I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah that's exactly what so-and-so said that's exactly what the doctor said that's a well yeah what were you because i'm brilliant like what what were you expecting the doula to tell you well you well yeah exactly what yeah. i love it when they say yeah you're right that's what the doctor said mm -hmm. i know i'm right i'm a <laughs> genius <I> do. <laughs> why are you surprised that i'm right i've been at this for 15 years and you hired me what did you expect mm -hmm. Well, speaking of books, we need to address the fact that we don't have a book club book chosen. Don't. That we might we might skip. I mean, it's no big deal. We could always just move our book club. Oh, we'll just move it. Yeah. We so just, if you're we need some sitting, suggestions, waiting, if you're waiting with bated breath, stop it. Just keep. Yeah. Just breathe. we're gonna we're gonna have to move things. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not gonna it's not gonna happen. But right. if you have suggestions, please, for God's sake, send us something because. And nothing too heavy. Look, I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, if we could only get the wives of Bath, that would be a hilarious, it's a rollicking romp through <laughs> the lives of these people. It's hilarious. And it is all about birth and early parenting. There you go. Uh, but it's it's impossible to get a hold of, apparently. Yeah. I've looked. Yeah too bad too bad um yeah well that was that was those are my ideas of podcasts and um the other thing that was that i was wondering about if you're doing your podcast like what was your goal when we started this podcast did you have a goal in mind like did you think we could make money off of this because my sister asks me every single time so you making money off of that podcast yet is making money a reasonable and realistic goal to have you think i mean i know a lot of people i just thought we were taking our conversations that we were having every day and we were throwing it out there like so like our conversations our camaraderie would just be kind of shared with the world that was all i thought that's that was all my purpose was in coming into this was to kind of share our thoughts on things and and understand that there must be other duels out there who are not necessarily looking for a, a podcast that's about the specifics of business or the specifics of this or the specifics of that. It's more like hanging out with your friends who kind of get what you're going through. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
that's true. Um, I I did kind of hope that maybe we would get kind of successful and maybe at least one person might. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking big bucks here. I didn't definitely didn't expect to like pay all my bills from podcast revenue. No, but I was maybe thinking that we would maybe have like a, a sponsor by now, a sponsor, like one sponsor, some, some kind of birthy doula-y thing that somebody would want us to, you know, uh, advertise for them. Podcast advertising can be hilarious. Remember Karen and, Karen and George's early ads for stuff? Now they do like official ads and stuff. It's not, it's not as funny anymore, but their ads used to be hilarious. I used to love hearing them. And, um, and that would be fun doing that. So if you've got a product that you want us to, you want us to like promote for you on here, write us, send us your terms. We, we will amend those terms and send them back to you. And then maybe eventually we can have like something, something that uh, we can all live with. Yeah, that would be good. That's what I was thinking. That would be a fun evolution of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I think that this pod, doing this podcast has raised our visibility, definitely. Don't you feel that? Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly since we started the podcast, my following has grown significantly. Mm-hmm. People who follow me and interact with me and stuff. So for sure that. So I think we've gained kind of at least what my thoughts were, which was to kind of grow the community and have people feel free to say shit out loud. Mm-hmm. I think we say a lot of things out loud that maybe maybe not all doulas feel comfortable saying out loud. Yeah. Like well, that it's hard. Like it's not all about having a, pers- a precise business and that, um, you know, we are quite often, we are multifaceted people. We are not all one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That's the type of people that I follow too. And people who acknowledge the, how we are multi-layered people and you got to make time for all those different parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what are you guys doing for the rest of the day? I'm going to go get a vaccine because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, today's your <laughs> day. I'm yeah. so excited. Well, I'm going to copycat you and go on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I'll let, you, I'll let you know how bad my, my side effects I are. I know. Now. And so my finger's on like the cancel button. If you're, if you're like really. I'm not telling you a goddamn thing. <laughs> if I am dying in my bed. Kim, Kim, where are you? <laughs> you can't come back to the door? I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I, I'm, I'm a little worried too, but not worried enough to cancel it yeah i'm i feel like i'm my worry is in a holding zone where one more thing could just push me right over the edge and i'm canceling that's that's kind of how i feel but i i'm i really just want to just put everything out of my mind if i've decided to do it to just go ahead and do it and not keep second guessing myself that's what i need to stop doing yeah make a decision are you going to do it so if you make a decision, you're going to do it. Stop second guessing. Close all of the blather off. Close it all off. I had Let's a friend. It. I had a friend on Facebook who posted that 
and she's like a birth worker and things like that. And she posted that she was, her and her family were going to get it. And somebody in her feed sent her like a link to some terrible YouTube video on, you know, bad things and everything that had to do with the vaccine. And probably not, I didn't watch it, but probably not, you know, very scientific and whatnot. Oh my God. She just laid it down. Do you think I haven't done my research? Do you think I haven't looked at the science? Do you think I haven't blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right, exactly. Respect. You've done, you've made the decision. And so please don't send me any shit that says you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't be doing that. I've looked at the risk benefit analysis of it all. And I've looked at the science of it all and I've made the best decision for me. So you can take whatever comments you have and you can back up because yeah. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. I've had the same discussions with family members of mine who are, mm, they, they actually didn't want, didn't like me saying to the rest of our extended family that you should do your research. Like that was my message. Do your research, yeah. then make your decision. Everybody has is coming from a different place. So everybody needs to do their research, see and see how that research fits with you and then make your decision from there. And she didn't like that I said that because some of my family members were posting those nonsense, nonsense YouTube videos. Yeah. And I, uh, my message was, Check the sources of the, the, the places that you're looking for information. Um, if you're going to post here on our big family group, then check the sources, please. Because some of these, somebody had posted something and the site that this video was posted on. And I said, just the advertising around this video alone makes me immediately leave. Yeah. Like erectile dysfunction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> equipment. And um, a casino, like really stupid advertisements all around. And I go, this is the only, because this is the only place that would host this video. Yeah. This is the only site that would host this video. And then all the other videos on there were like deep, deep, wild, crazy conspiracy theories. And no, I don't want to, I don't want to argue with any of my family members about what, what conspiracy theories are worth my time checking into this site is not a good site for me to go to, to find good information, to make an important decision like this for me and my family. No. And the thing is, I mean, if you're, if you're going to take that information from that site and that's going to be what you're going to base your decisions on, fine, you do you, but don't you dare come at me for making uh, what I feel is Mm -hmm. an informed decision for me. Mm -hmm. So back up. And here's something too, is there's so much sitting in the shame of the decision to do it or not do it. Yes. You know what, if you have, let me say, so many people who do have a side effect don't say it out loud because they're worried someone's going to say, I told you so, you know, or something like that. Or someone, here's the opposite though, is let's assume, let's say you don't get the vaccine you've chosen not to, and you get COVID, you're still going to have people saying, I told you so. So Mm -hmm. fuck everybody. um, And, and do you and reach out for support if you need it. If it's because you got COVID, you know, contact your resources, contact your family, let them know you need help. If you have side effects where you're feeling, you know, 
like our good friend is over the past two days, she's had a really, the, the intensity of it hitting her system, which is a compromised immune system has been hard, but she said it out loud and people are dropping, dropping off food so she doesn't have to cook for herself. She's, you know, you say it out loud and trust that the people who actually care and respect you as an individual making choices will show up for you. Exactly. And she also said very clearly, which I really appreciated. Oh, don't get me wrong. I do not regret mm-hmm. this decision. This, these right. side effects are brutal and hard, but I, that doesn't mean that I regret making the decision. And fuck shame, okay? No. What is this bullshit? Oh my God. We, no. What do you, who's going to try to shame me? Fuck off. No. <laughs> Look, I, if anybody tries to shame you, I mean, uh, God help them right? Like, cause and don't like, if I feel shame about a decision or making a decision, mm, I don't know. I just feel really angry when other people try to shame other people for anything. And the very notion that you're trying to shame me just pisses me off. And, and, and shows me that you yourself are not a friend, like, fuck you. If you're going to, if you're, if you're coming to me, like I, since this whole pandemic has started, I've definitely unfriended people because I, when I do something for me, when I do something for my family, when I do something based on COVID for me, and then I see you doing something else that is counter to the science, that is counter to what the medical experts are saying, that is counter to, you know, what the experts are saying, I can't like you're done like you're done unfriend and um I've on I mm, yes I've unfriended one person but there it was a whole it wasn't just a disagreement about vaccines it was a disagreement about whether COVID was even real it was a disagreement about whether whether Donald Trump was a good guy or horrible like it was like the whole package those people who who are like the whole package masks are a fraud our freedoms are being taken away pretty soon we're going to become communist china the election was a fraud it was a a sort of kind of family member who lives in the states and it just and then the jesus talk came in and it was like and then i'm like okay i am out can't do this can't do this because we could talk about science and we can debate about what's effective and what's not effective. Let's, but if you are gonna say to me, it's a fraud, it's a lie, it was made up, nobody's dying, nobody's dying. And here's a video of a doctor in a hospital who says that nobody's dying and that it's all made up. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, whatever. And so I have unfriended that person because my energy needs to be protected. So I don't have energy, I don't have energy to deal with that big of a discrepancy between us and i don't have energy for shame i don't have energy for shame i don't have energy for anybody trying to shame me it's we talked about this same with breastfeeding who who's shaming who about breastfeeding or bottle feeding or formula feeding who the, is it, oh i was shamed for doing that who did you let shame you you yeah, should be exactly. ashamed of somebody shame you <laughs> Tell us, we'll shame them. That's right. Don't let don't let people shame you. Shame. What are you trying to do? Shame me? No, that's not going to work. Try no, again. because anybody tried to shame me. I'm just going to go. Okay, here's this person here is trying to shame me for doing X Y Z. 
I'm going to shame me, you back. Hive. Excuse Who's me, Hive. What me? do you think about that? Yeah. Who's trying to shame? And sometimes people try to cover their shame attempts in as concerned. You know, like when people say to you, oh, I'm just concerned really about I'm you. Only, I'm only saying that because I'm concerned about your health. Because I love you. Out. Yeah, because I love you. And I don't, I, it's not fat shaming. It's me being concerned about your health. Well, guess what? It is fat shaming. That's what you're doing. And I can see right through your transparent shame attempting ass. I had a doctor fat shame me. And that was the last time I went and saw that doctor. I got a fucking new family doctor. Like, yeah. Excuse me. are very, very good at fat shaming. It's like, excuse me, you little skinny ass bitch drinking your lemon water and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good. Yeah. She basically implied that the reason my marriage had broken up was because I had gained so much weight. I had gone to her for therapy um, as a result. And yeah, that, that was kind of, that was one of the comments she made. And she'd been divorced like three times, I think. Um, and she was a skinny ass, you know. She was a therapist? She was, yeah. no, she was my family doctor who was doing talk therapy with me. Whoa. So I was like, nope, I'm out. See ya. I will not be making any follow-up appointments. I will not be going to see you again. I'm going to find a new doctor. And I did. And I mean, refusing to be shamed by other people goes hand in hand with being accountable to myself for the decisions that I've made. So I am 100% willing. So if I decide that I'm going to take the COVID vaccine, just like Marion, that's why I appreciated Marion so much. If I decide I'm going to take the COVID vaccine because I've done my research and I made that decision as a fucking grown ass person and I go and do that. And like you said, Steph, I end up getting COVID anyway, or I have like brutal um, side effects that are really hard to deal with. That's I'm okay with that. I'm okay with owning that because I made my decision with my eyes wide open. That's the risk analysis that you did. You know what? That goes for birth too. Um, you know, when I talk again, when I go back to talking to people about VBAC, you know, the underlying, the undertone when you're trying to be coerced is, well, if anything goes wrong, it's on you. I'm like, if anything goes, anything goes wrong in my kids' lives from now until forever, it's on me. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I already know that. Thanks. Exactly. There, and again, if I'm doing a risk analysis here, I am more likely to be around unharmed if I at least plan for a VBAC, even if it ends in C-section, because, you know, the mortality rate is higher with C-section. So um, it is it is on you, but it's on you no matter who makes the decision. If you give up or you, you know, your comfort zone is allowing someone else to make decisions for you, if yes. not deciding is deciding for you, that's fine, but it's still on you because you're still the one going home with the baby. So and also when a care provider says that's kind of shit to you, like, oh, well, you know, it's on you if you do this against my, no, 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 no. You, again, they're trying to shame you or, or make you afraid. And you say to them, thank you very much. I know that, but let's also be clear. I am here in this hospital. You're my care provider. So you are not shirking your responsibility by saying those words to me. I'm not going to let you do that. So if something does go wrong, you best believe that I am still looking at that incident to, to find out if you had any responsibility towards that. So you, you are always being asked to be a competent care provider, not only when I go along with what you're saying. Yes. You're trying to scare me or shame me into doing what you want me to do. Oh, really? Because then when I turn around and slap your ass with a live medical 
uh, liability lawsuit, you're going to be crying and talking about how you did this and you did that. You always need to be a competent care provider, whether I'm listening to you or not. Correct. Whether I've given into your shame attempt or your fear attempt. Fuck shame. Yep. And scare tactics. Fuck it. Done. Fear mongering. No. Tired of fear mongering. You own your decision. Do your thing. Make your decisions with your feet planted on the ground. Whatever it is. Yes, no, maybe so. You own that decision and move forward in it and don't let anybody make you feel shame. If you feel guilty about something, that's again on you and you need to explore yourself and figure out why you feel guilty and if there's anything you can do to fix whatever it is you feel guilty about. Don't shame is a different thing. Don't look at me as a 51-year-old single mother of three. You think I got to this point because, you know, I didn't make the right decisions for myself? No way. I am, I am here in this moment in time because of the decisions that I made. And I am a strong, capable adult human who has raised strong adult humans and yeah, I did it based on the decisions that I made. So my decisions don't suck. I clearly have made good decisions up until this point. And yeah, are there some things that maybe didn't go as planned? Sure. But you know what? I regret nothing. But show me a person who's made all the best decisions since day one till now. Nobody. That's that's nobody. So everybody's going to screw up. And so if I screwed up and made a bad choice, I own 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 that. I, I will own that choice. Yeah. And, and I, again, I regret nothing in my life. Would I go yeah. back and change anything? No, because then that would change who I am right now. And that would yeah. change where I am right now. So no, I would not, despite everything that I've been through in my life. Still get to yep. that. That that could spiral down into like a real sort of spiritual um, physics discussion that I, I kind of had with somebody the other day that said, you know, what's the worst thing you can think of? Like if you got pregnant, if your kid got pregnant at 16, like I did when I got pregnant at 16, but I'll tell you something right now, I would not be here right now doing this podcast with you guys. If I did not get pregnant at 16. Yeah. I, I would, would be different. Yeah. Cause if you go back, see that one choice that you could possibly regret and see how it played out. I wouldn't have my the other four kids that I have. I wouldn't have those kids if and I didn't have result, that first kid. As a result, you probably wouldn't be a childbirth educator, which means yeah. I wouldn't be working where I'm working. Yeah, there's so many. The cascading layers, effect. Layers of, yes, yes. So no regrets, no regrets because everything, everything unfolded the way it was supposed to unfold, even though when things happen, sometimes they seem horrible and we question them and we question the choices we made, which is valid and Uh, just human nature. But when you look back in retrospect, you often see that it all, the worst things that have happened to you, sometimes they unfold the way that they're supposed to unfold. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So Wow, that's so deep. That's some deep, 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 deep. So those are your those are your lessons, your spiritual lessons that you need to work on. First of all, spiritual lesson number one: fuck shame. And <laughs> number two: no regrets. No regrets. Own your life, live it on your terms. And when you fall down, you fall down. 
just get back up and keep going. That's Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All righty. I'm hungry. <laughs> As I'm, doing, I'm doing points. I'm hungry. I need to eat some points. <laughs> I'm doing. Are you doing IF, uh, Steph? Um, I am not doing it today. Uh, yesterday, I was telling you guys that I, I, I succumbed to the bed yesterday. <laughs> M&M's. Um, no, I went to, uh, I went to bed yesterday, as you know, and I took a book that I'd read. I've had since high school. There's actually, I was showing you guys that I, there's actually my friend's phone numbers written in it and stuff. Yeah. 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 In it with no postal codes. Cause you didn't need them back then or no, uh, area area code. area codes. I read that, that book from beginning to end in my bed yesterday. I sipped on tea and drank water and I felt almost pretty good. Like, like by the end of yesterday. And then I went and laid on the couch with Roger and after having dinner and I thought I just need a little something sweet. So I went and had a little handful of M&Ms and, and then I didn't stop having M&Ms. And <laughs> so I didn't sleep well and my stomach felt horrible. So today I actually had a proper breakfast. I had um, some bacon and eggs with some avocado and sliced tomato. Um, so no IF for me today. I, I needed to kind of put some good protein in me this morning. So I'm sitting here listening to you talk about your day of leisure. I'm like, oh, yes. Um, I sat on the settee, <laughs> reading my book and drinking my tea. On the shades. I on kept the shades. I was trying to act. Actually, speaking of shame, I had to keep letting it go. It kept creeping up on me like I should or could do this right now. And I'm like, no, I'm in bed. I'm reading this fucking book. This is what I need. I need a day where I am not thinking about all those other things. And I kept having to talk myself off the ledge. Well, and that, that's going to be me tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be good tomorrow after this vaccine. So I am going to take to my bed or that couch over there, whatever. And I'm not and it's a plan and you don't and even if you don't feel bad if you feel great stay on the damn couch anyway yeah because i i'm gonna need a day i need a day you need a day that's all we all need a day and i i do i do so so the way to combat the shame for me not shame it's not shame it's guilt sometimes for me yeah it's shame is what other people put on us guilt is what we put on ourselves and then I examine that guilt because sometimes it's misplaced because why shouldn't you lie around if you, why shouldn't you do that? So I plan those days. I actually build them into my schedule because I will, if I slide into a day like that, then I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty if I slide into, cause that happens sometimes, but if I plan it and I say, no, I'm not working today. Nope. Not opening my computer today. Nope. Unless it's to watch Netflix. Nope. 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 Then I don't, then I don't feel guilty because I've built it into my, built it into my plan. Exactly. So you can do that too. And Hey, if you slide into a day like that, that's okay too. That's right. You didn't, cause you didn't plan yesterday. Did you Steph? Because no, I just, I um, woke up feeling headachey and just a gen- and like really low energy, like the very yeah. act of getting up and going downstairs to have my water and make coffee. I just, my whole body felt weak yesterday. I felt like just a touch feverish and a little headachey and I'm like, yeah. Jesus, did you get the COVID shot? shot? Like that sounds like all the COVID side effects. That's what I was going to say. What? You, 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 didn't, you didn't get a COVID shot? <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. 
Yeah. But then last night I finished off with those fucking M&Ms and they, of course, three o'clock in the morning, I wake up with joint pain. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> Why did I do that? I could actually have a good night's sleep tonight. See, I wish if I ate like a bunch of sugar like that, I felt the consequences that would cure me like really yeah. fast, but I feel fucking great. If I eat Look. a bag of M&Ms, I feel like superwoman. If I eat a bag of M&Ms, I don't have, I mean, my blood sugar will be horrible but somehow or another that doesn't my body me. feels like shit whether there's m&ms in the in the mix or oh, not so fuck it they're just go. gonna eat the m&ms <laughs> oh, we there. have all three experiences from eating sweets yeah yeah so guys i know we we started our podcast before uh mayor uh before premier ford finished his his talk but apparently paid sick days are coming for at least for Mississauga and Brampton workers as of right now. Oh, for the Amazon and Walmart people. Oh, hella fucking Luya that they're gonna be held to that. Yeah. I had a feeling that something was coming because of the way he was talking. Yeah, he looked emotionally exhausted. Yes, and I don't like the guy, but I appreciate that running a province must be, you know, a big job. (laughs) <laughs> it is and must be a big job he made recently i was looking at those decisions i'm like is he in the same place that all of us are right now where we're not making good decisions necessarily where we're kind of in the blurry mind place and where yeah it just it didn't seem to make any sense covid has now personally affected him like he yeah. now because he's in isolation because he's been exposed he now is sitting there trying to deal with technology, trying to deal with all this bullshit. And, and now is like on a two week quarantine. So welcome to the rest of our worlds. Welcome mm-hmm. to who we've, how we've been living for a goddamn year. Your life may not have changed, Mr. Ford. Now it has. If only that had happened to you a year ago, maybe we wouldn't be sitting in this same fucking situation. Sorry, I'm not a fan of his. I'm not a fan either. I'm so happy to hear this. It will be province wide. Um, it will be over and above the existing programs that are out there for if you're off on sick leave and, uh, but it's going to, it's going to roll out in Brampton and Mississauga because that's where the biggest outbreaks are. First. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where, that's where the Amazon warehouse is and that's where the Walmart warehouse is. Yeah. There's an Amazon warehouse up here now too. And that's where the most, that's where they've had the most, uh, contact right the contact tracing has been huge in those warehouses yeah i'm just not sure that anybody's work it's so so new that i'm not sure if they're like up and running yet huge 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 right on um mclevin oh yes yeah Mm -hmm. so if you ever are out this way where there's uh the water tower the big giant water tower at morningside and shepherd just a little bit east of morningside yeah over there yeah. Case Bridge, Case Bridge Court and McLevin. Those like this one side is Case Bridge, one side is McLevin. So and all our fans in Texas. And all of our Oh yeah, I remember I know that place. I know that place real well. <laughs> Sorry, we're not making fun of your accent. It's we're not. I love them actually. They're they make me yeah, I, I used too. to I think I told you guys I used to work for a chemical company and I spoke to Tennessee a lot. And I would, I would constantly like flip into a Tennessee you, accent. You would just, it would, you just absorb it. 
yeah, the end and it would just be who, have a good night y'all I would come we come home with a with a twang and my my husband would be like okay no you need stop. to stop please check it at the door check yeah. that shit at the door hmm. all right all right I gotta pee I'm gonna go get something to eat because I'm starving and I gotta go pee and you gotta go pee yeah. All, right. all right everybody have a great day great week mm-hmm. all right have a good one everybody wear a mask wash your hands stay you, away from people you do you and yeah that's it too do you we don't know your life i don't know your life and you know no shame just do what you need to do no shame and, own, and then own it yep yeah right. bye okay.